Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And Sid, it is so nice to be back in the saddle, as they say, if you will. The podcast saddle? The podcast saddle. Is that a thing? Uh, it is. We had kind of a, a, it's been a wild month. It has been. We've been all over. Yeah. We went to the Philadelphia to do a, a live show at Philly Podfest a couple weeks ago. And then I was in San Diego Comic-Con uh, last weekend. We were in Cincinnati before that, seeing Jimmy Buffett that, live. That didn't affect Sawbones, but it was cool and no. it did contribute to a wild July. No, but the result is that we were gone so much and we were exhausted because actually I I work a day job too. What? I'm I'm actually a real doctor in real life, <laughs> and uh, we missed last week. We missed an episode. We hate doing that, but we're sorry. It, it was unavoidable, and we're sorry. And I thought a good way to make up for that was to cover a topic this week that is probably one of the most requested that we get emails about. And generally, when I get an email asking us to cover this, it's something to the effect of. I looked through your episodes and I can't believe you haven't yet talked about this. That's generally the, the most of the emails I get or I, I, how have you not covered it yet? And, it, and that of course is erectile dysfunction. Oh yeah. Now of course <laughs> it goes without saying that I don't bring a lot of practical experience or knowledge to this one. Okay. The J-Man is, pre sure. except when he's not, the J-Man is always sure. got his right. engines. You know what I'm saying. Okay. Well, let's let's just, Justin, if I think it's good. If you're looking for some right? personal stories, you're just not going to find uh -huh. as many as you well, might want to for an entire episode. Well, Justin, yes. first of all, you know, you did not inspire this episode, but that being said, I think it's important to right off the bat acknowledge that there is this connection between the so sort of social connection, not medical, that is made between the the medical problem, erectile dysfunction, and something that has to do with virility or impotence or the idea that somehow you're not able to you're not up to performing in some way well we even hear in, impotence used as a shorthand or synonymously with erectile dysfunction right exactly exactly and i think it's good to remember that 
that connotation is not fair and it's untrue and it's not medically sound and it has nothing to do with the medical problem that we're talking about now obviously we're going to be talking about a lot of ancient history when people didn't know that so you're going to hear a lot about old cures that are connected to some of these false ideas Mm -hmm. but unfortunately it is an idea that perpetuates somewhat today I mean, it's a reason that oftentimes people who suffer from this won't seek medical attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should be that idea should be banished. Done. And we will not do anything to further it. Done. Justin, Done. on this podcast. Fair. Okay, yes, ma'am. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you to all the people who recommended this. Among the many recommendations are all of the following people, Thorin and Penny and Abigail and Sheldon and Daniel and Ayla and David and Devin and Arlie and Matthew and Chimera. Thank you all so much so let's go all the way back mm-hmm. obviously erectile dysfunction is a problem that i'm certain has been plaguing people with penises since there have been people, people with, penises. with penises uh in ancient egypt they had a really unique cure for this you could take some baby crocodile hearts which i guess involves first getting baby crocodiles and removing hearts mm-hmm. that seems like a quite a feat yeah, because you got to get them away from the parents. That's the number one thing. You don't <laughs> and, want to fight the parents first because they are not going to like the reason that you need the hearts. You can't reason with them. No, I don't think explaining that you're going to grind them up and rub them on your penis will go very far. Oh, no, Mrs. Crocodile, you misunderstand me. I'm just going to grind up your kids' hearts and rub. <laughs> no wonder alligators are trying to eat us all the time. That sucks. <laughs> they would remember. That's that's weird enough that you would remember it and you would probably tell generations of crocodiles like oh no 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 humans do not get me started on let me do you remember great 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 grandpa jeremy well okay (laughs) by the way uh if there are any kids out there listening and actually i hope there probably aren't now since we've already told you it's about erectile dysfunction um alligators are not trying to eat you all the time (laughs) contrary to what justin has just said opening this isn't a zoology podcast i'm just saying alligators aren't constantly trying to eat us So uh, the ancient Greeks had a lot of ideas that kind of were connected to like animals that they thought were symbols of virility or that were connected somehow with genitalia or just stuff that looked like genitalia or that was genitalia. So, for instance, you could capture a rooster and eat its genitalia (laughs) or you could capture a goat and eat, you know, capture like, well, no, they're kind of fast. You capture a goat, eat its genitalia. Right. Just eat it. Just like that classic uh, early internet meme, Mr. T <laughs> ate my genitalia. <laughs> I don't one. remember don't that remember? one. It was actually no. Mr. T ate my balls. Oh. And there was a whole series of eat my ball. You, you don't, this, this no. missed you. This, okay. this didn't. Wasn't that was not. on like Prodigy or CompuServe, or whatever you're using at the time. Yeah, Prodigy. That was yeah. my thing. Uh, so you could also eat a snake. I think this is one sort looks of like a wiener get it yeah uh, good good uh, medically speaking looks i'm going like to be providing a valuable service in this episode is uh, identifying different things that look like wieners thank you Justin. yeah no problem that's good that's um helpful they were uh they were snakes like were also <laughs> snakes were also thought because they shed their skin that they were like they had a rejuvenating capability that snakes inherently could like constantly regenerate sort of like the doctor Doctor, and so that they would be good for like rejuvenating yourself um there's also this substance hippomanes hippom hippomanes it looks like hippomanes uh hippo 
hip uh hipamon hip i looked this up how to pronounce it and i've already forgotten hipmonchan the pokemon <laughs> It looks like hippomanes. Anyway, it's a substance that is found on the forehead of newborn foals. Okay. And you're supposed to apply that to. All right. Fine. I don't know. Who thought? I mean, I never know. Uh, the Romans similarly had a lot of, of strange ideas. Some were, um, instead of trying to treat it on the back end, try to prevent it. I like preventive medicine. I I'm like all about the preventive medicine. Worth a pound of cure. So one thing you could do is wear a talisman. That's nothing. To ward off the chance that you'll have erectile dysfunction. One that uh, was supposed to work was the right molar of a small crocodile. Can we just give them a break? <laughs> Please. I don't know why we hate crocodiles so much. Uh, you could also... A there small was, crocodile. We're targeting the children. <laughs> just still. the babies. Uh, you, there were also these things called fashion, fashionums, which were replicas of penises that you could wear. Um, and that's from the word for bewitch. And that's this would a choice. You. That's a fashion plus, choice you could go with. Plus there was Priapus. That's when it... Uh, that's like it got, it's too long too hard priapism okay an erection that won't go away yeah like yes yes very good very good there's name for priapus the, the ancient roman god no, no. the ancient no. roman god of like virility and i don't know penises, penises of erections god of no but he was, he was last if you line. were having erectile dysfunction he would pray to priapus to save you that's where priapism come from comes from in case you didn't know when it works too well oh really are you sure <laughs> you prayed too hard well okay what that's the tricky thing with the gods one too many offerings right. and you, yeah priapism uh plenty the elder our our family favorite had lots to say about, as you can imagine, mm. Pliny had lots of ideas. So here are some things he said. First of all, maybe it's a problem with arousal. So maybe we just need to use something that's like an aphrodisiac that'll turn you on a little more. Okay. Some good things to turn you on are leeks or turpentine. <laughs> Ooh, mama. Um, maybe a little sexier, some garlic and coriander and wine. At least that sounds like it might, I don't know, smell kind of nice or mm -hmm. aromatic uh or perhaps some boiled asparagus water now less so yeah that's not really my engines there were also a lot of different um like herbal remedies to something called donax and clematis and ziphium root and you mix it with pearl barley and wine and there was a lozenge that he would recommend making out of a skink muzzle and feet and something called rocket seed and then you like Take it in white wine. Some of these were fake. He was just trying to. Some trick. of them. <laughs> yeah, some of these are not real. No, I mean like the ingredients. Oh, okay. He was trying to trick uh, people with penises to come to his lair and be like, "Do you have rocket seed?" And he's like, "Ah, I got you. Your wiener's not working, huh?" <laughs> ah, ha ha. Pliny, Pliny was dirty like that. It was like a dirty trick he played on people. If if this doesn't sound bad enough. It got it. So in the, the 13th century friar, Albertus Magnus wrote in De Animalbus uh, that here's some here's some treatments for erectile dysfunction. So and this is a quote, if a wolf's penis is roasted in an oven, cut mm. into small pieces and mm. a small portion of this is chewed, the consumer will experience an immediate yen for sexual intercourse. So just get a wolf. Can, can I ask and it, you, then it's penis. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is there... Um, is there a difference between not wanting 
sexual intercourse and the wiener not working, like Com- what we're talking about? Completely. Like, these are very different things, but it was all tied in together. It was, I mean, we didn't understand why sometimes erectile dysfunction occurred. And so you would come up with a solution like, well, maybe you're just not aroused enough. So mm-hmm. maybe if we do something that we think causes arousal, it will lead to an erection. Okay. These were not necessarily connected at all, sense. but... You know, okay. we didn't know anything. Uh, uh, also, sparrow meat. Uh, it was considered to be a hot, dry meat. It's when we talk about kind of the idea sure. of the humors, things that were hot and things that were cold and all that. So sparrow meat was hot and dry, and so it would work as well, but also it might constipate you. Tough so, yeah. <laughs> so be careful, because that could kill the mood. Uh, in addition, he recommends you could eat a starfish, but if you do this, it is very powerful and you might ejaculate blood. Might you might Can so I get some odds on that? That's <laughs> not necessarily a risk. I'm dying to take. But it's okay because if you do ejaculate blood, lettuce will fix it. Come on. So don't Come worry. On Magnus. And as I said, like you kind of already alluded to, ideas as to why did this happen, why did erectile dysfunction occur, were pretty sparse. Um, and so this resulted in a lot of kind of ma- magical cures as well so like things that again kind of connect to the idea that it's an arousal issue so just surround yourself with beautiful men and women Mm. and then it'll go away Mm. right which i mean again two very different things cast on are you the one just go to the house house and and you'll get an erection um there were there were some really bizarre ideas like uh, a man if a man is experiencing if, if someone with a penis is experiencing erectile dysfunction uh, they can pee through uh, their wife's wedding ring. Okay. Like just aim through the ring. Sure. Pee through it. Or perhaps through the keyhole of the church door where they were married. Well, you should get written permission, I would say, <laughs> for sure, on that. Are you going to get that? Are you going to be able to get that? How late is your church up? <laughs> <laughs> Or you could just drink the wa- drink water from the mouth of a young horse. Not a lot of like super appealing options this time. Mm-hmm. It definitely beats no. uh, desecrating your your marital church. But in the uh, in the ladies' physical directory, which was published in 1739, also by the way, uh, I found the subtitle to this. It's also called a rational account of the natural weaknesses of women. So probably Charming. not my favorite pamphlet that's ever been published. So it had it had a lot of possible explanations for erectile dysfunction. And uh, it was it was basically like this is not something that ever just happens. Here are all the reasons it can happen and you can fix it. We're, we're kind of the idea. So mainly it was thought to be due to a deficiency of animal spirits. Oh, like the Wolfpack song. We've <laughs> exactly. Heard literally 100,000 times because our, our daughter... Uh, will not listen to any other yes. song because she's got no animal spirits and then yeah. no erection uh, or or just that the animal spirits were no longer flowing to the organs of generation. So they're in there, but they're not getting down to the business. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this was usually thought to be due to like stress or things that were frowned upon anyway, especially this is this was uh, directed mainly at, at women at the time. And so it was common to like preach against excess and like your husband is living a life of, you know, drinking and loose women and fast living. And this is why these are the reasons. Um, 
Uh, also, and and we'll get into this more, masturbation was often thought to be the culprit, was often blamed for the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that could be an issue sometimes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Please don't share anymore. I'm done. Uh, this was also thought to lead to a lack of what what is called in the pamphlet animacula. They're talking about sperms. <laughs> oh, well, why didn't they just they, say that? Yeah, well, they didn't know. They, they're little teeny, little teeny animals that become pe- that become little peoples, which, uh, so basically what they were saying is that it, that's it's infertility is what they're talking about. But they, again, said it's all this stuff is fast living and, and things you shouldn't be doing. So it didn't matter, though, in this pamphlet, the author says, whatever the cause, who cares? Because I have the solution. Mm-hmm. It is called the prolific elixir. Okay. Prolific with a CK. Oh, elixir. very fancy. Gothic. I love it. Uh, it was a powerful confect and stimulating balm. And it promised to, and I'm quoting, fortify the nerves, increase the animal spirits, restore a juvenile bloom, and evidently replenish the crispy fibers of the whole <laughs> habit with a generous warmth and moisture. Sounds good to me. Uh, it, I mean, it was basically just like, a bu- I mean, it was a bunch of different stuff. It was aloe and myrrh and saffron and wine and sage and amber and you boil it for like 10 days. So it reduces into this real thick, you know, elixir. Boiling it for and 10 you days. Take it I like don't multiple. Think makes sense. No. I don't think they boiled it for 10 days. That's they a, would like seems wild. deep it or something. See, yeah, a low boil. I don't know. It was, okay, listen, this was written in like old English. It was very hard for me to decipher. Okay, fine. The point is that it takes you like 10 days and you get this elixir that you take like multiple drops throughout the day for a while and then your animacular are back. Perfect. So um, happy to have them. <laughs> in the late 1700s, we moved on from these kinds of like cures to adding in things like electricity and magnetism. And this was very popular in the time in general for everything. This is when like electricity was being used for what ails you. So, you know, why not for erectile dysfunction? Uh, Dr. James Graham advised that he could help reverse the effects of masturbation because it was often thought to be due to masturbation or marital excess. So maybe you're just doing it too much <laughs> by having his patients take cold baths, less sex, and sleep on his magic electric bed. Nice. Sounds like very restful. Uh, Dr. John Caldwell said, I think we should just directly apply electricity. No. Uh, to the genitalia or put them in a bathtub filled with electrodes. No, you lost me. I halfway (laughs) through I was with you. That sounds dangerous. Um, And another Dr. Hammond advised just attach the electrodes directly to the spine, perineum, testicles, and penis. Oh? Although he he did say the effect is rather unpleasant. Oh, thank you, Hammond. Thank you so much, my friend, for that completely unnecessary... Uh, coda there. I, I really appreciate it. Rather unpleasant. Rather unpleasant. Slightly unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Well, Sid, I'm sure things got uh, progressively more buck wild as we get closer to the modern <laughs> era. What, what happened next? They normally do, and I'm going to take you there, but first, why don't we head to the billing department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier 
than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette. The palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Now, Sydney, I so rudely interrupted you, and I'm sorry for that. Um, That's okay, you're Justin. You take me. I think we were around the 1800s. That's yes? right. I invited you too, so it's okay. Fair. Uh, so I'd already mentioned electricity was popular and I should just say there were a lot of, um, not, and like the doctors who invented these other things that I, I told you about would caution you against these sort of like quack products of electric belts that say they can do anything. Uh, it was common at the time to own like some sort of weird electric belt that would do again anything they they were they were touted for basically every illness but there was one specifically uh called the harness electropathic battery belt okay. which was from 1893 and it was medical electricity for self application mm-hmm. and there were a lot of those that uh the idea was just stimulate yourself with enough electricity and you'll be right as rain yeah uh, there was a French physician who around this time, uh, Vincent Marie Mondet, who invented the congester. That sounds unpleasant. <laughs> Not a great brand. 
Vincent. The, now, to be fair, this was basically the first penis pump. Oh, that is my bag, baby. <laughs> Austin Powers. So, yeah. Ready? I, I knew. I knew when I thought I'm going to talk about penis pumps and Justin's going to bring up Austin Powers. I knew that was going to happen. But you didn't predict that I would talk about it for the rest of the show. Uh, just think about it for the rest of the show. Yeah, baby. So it would draw blood into the penis in like a like a vacuum type oh, fashion. Listen. You don't was... need to explain to me how penis pumps work, okay? There were other ones like the Vital Power Vacuum Massager. Um, and there were also at this time introduced penile stents, which are exactly what you think they are. They are stents that you apply on the outside to your penis. Sort of like a sprint, like a splint you would apply to your arm, like you got a broken arm and mm-hmm. so you just splint it. And then you just leave it on and hope your partner doesn't notice. Is that the plan? Or? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you've got to tell your partner. Listen. You, I mean, you, they, yeah, no, they have to be an active participant if you're going to use one of these old fashioned penile stents so that everything comes out okay. Yeah. And if you and, know what I mean. <laughs> also. Uh, and and they, they touted that with a penile stent, you could introduce a penis into a vagina under all circumstances. <laughs> no matter what the weather. So um, at the same time, there was a Dr. Joseph Lowenstein who was interested in in trying to solve this problem in a unique new way. And he invented the coitus training apparatus, which was kind of like training wheels for the penis. Okay. So there are two rings at each end of the penis. And then there are these wires in between that are covered in rubber. Good. (laughs) Thank you for that. Before, so again, the same kind of idea of like almost like a splint kind of thing. But you mentioned you'd have to, you've got to let your partner know what's about to happen. And specifically in this case, you have to use a condom to hold everything together. Okay. Um, This is all very romantic so far. uh, But you need to, you need to be very careful so that the support doesn't move in a different direction from the penis. Okay. You want it all going in the same direction, okay. and that um, it was it was best if a dexterous man. These are his words: a dexterous man mm-hmm. attempted this. Assisted or just okay? No, just. <laughs> um, and the idea was that this was really supposed to be like training wheels. Like you would use this device, and after you kind of got your sea legs, you would have erections because now you know how it works. You're reminding your penis of how right it do uh but the problem with this is that a lot of people who use this their partners were not thrilled with it uh-huh because sometimes it could be difficult to remove oh right mm. so mm. Mm. Mm, that's a rough afternoon there you go i mean he meant well yeah, I mean, he was trying he meant his well. best. Uh, <laughs> there were, again, a lot of cures uh, that, like, like things you could take, ingest tonics and patent medicines and such that were invented to, like, the idea was that we're restoring vitality. A lot of this, again, they would tie back to what they called self-abuse, which is a really horrible way of saying masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> that, again, this it's is the time... The this is the time. That's I am not fine. calling it self-abuse. It was back then. Uh, but the, but basically because of that, you need to, you're losing your vitality and you need to restore it. And so there was Dr. Brodom's nervous cordial and botanical syrup, 
which was said to get you ready for the married state. And it had like cardamom Utah. in it and gentian. Uh, there was something called Ebenezer Sibley Solar Tincture and Samuel Solomon's Cordial Balm of Gilead. But this one will only work if you also, while you take it, bathe your testicles in either cold water or a mixture of alcohol and vinegar. I would not think that would be good for... I just, the last thing I wanted to do is in, in, introduce distractions into my special time of the day that I set aside for bathing my testicles in cold water and vinegar. <laughs> but this cordial also had some brandy in it, so maybe it would make it more enjoyable. Um, no, that's not how any of that works. <laughs> and there were lots of other uh, patent medicines at the, at the same time, things like Dr. Sinnott's steel lozenges and the balm of Mecca and all kinds of different different. Yeah things to stimulate your senses. Uh, in the 1800s, Frederick Hollick said he, he thought this whole search for a cure was ridiculous because we already have something. Something already exists that we've known about for a while that makes us warm and cheerful and in the mood. And that is cannabis. My dude. So, all right. So Dr. Hollick basically just said, forget all this nonsense and smoke some weed. Perfect. And then, then you're going to be down. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this will fix your problem. Uh, there were other things that were less pleasant advised at the time. Ginseng, strychnine. Um, some things that you still see, like uh, Yohimbe. I see that still marketed today, like in kind of herbal supplements and things like mm -hmm. that. You'll find that a lot. Um, and then some weird things like also, dr I don't know, drink pee. Take hemlock. That's probably a don't take hemlock. That's a bad idea. That kills no, you. That kills you. Um, that one's poison. Don't ride bikes. Get a lot of massages, especially pelvic ones. Don't ride your bike to the massage because <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And and there were particular mixtures that had things like strychnine and phosphoric acid and orange peel <sighs> or one that had, uh, again, like zinc and damiana and then there was arsenious acid which is kind of an arsenic and cocaine it's been a while since we've had one that we've tried this many things for this is <laughs> a real a real scattershot attempt here well justin i think it's fair to say that not everybody but quite a few people enjoy having sex yeah and if you're having difficulty having sex you're probably going to try just about anything you can to solve that problem. Fair, fair. Not everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, just, but, man, alive. We ever tried a lot yeah. of different stuff here. <laughs> people people who like sex probably would. Uh, surgery was attempted in the early 1900s. Some of this we have kind of alluded to before in other episodes. In 1913, there was a doctor at Northwestern named Victor Lespinos who transplanted slices of human testicle into... A man with erectile dysfunction. That worked? He claimed that four days after the surgery, the man jumped up out of bed and said, I got to get out of this hospital. I got to go have sex. I am so ready now. It worked so well that he literally left against medical advice because he could not wait any longer. Problem solved. I have trouble buying that, frankly, Victor. In uh, 1914, Dr. G. Frank Lidston implanted a dead man's testicle into his own scrotum. And he I won that. He I won that bet. That worked. So that congratulations. Worked. And there are also things like uh, make preparations of goat, ram, boar, deer testicles, like all purify the testicles. it, all the testicles, and and just inject them, like just inject them into your arm, um, which are probably early attempts at testosterone therapy, even though oh, people okay. didn't know yeah. that's what they were attempting. 
um, that was probably trying that. They were also like implanting chimpanzee testicles mm-hmm. in in people trying to fix this problem. Um, and we've talked about John Brinkley before. He's the guy who implanted goat, goat testicles, testicles for sure. right? So, and this was all in this same era. And again, it was all the idea like, well, we've tried all these kinds of approaches to either just like physically make the penis stand up or to stimulate like you know like aphrodisiac style make you aroused so this is like again like some early kind of attempt at hormonal therapy that you absolutely should not do and would not work but i think that's where this is going all right um in the 1970s and 80s they invented the first penile rods and implants like prosthetic devices that would uh, like flexible rods that would mm. hold the penis stiff and that could inflate at times mm-hmm. when you needed them to. Inside or outside? Inside. Okay. So, and, and there are still versions of this today. Hmm. They're better, obviously, than sure. they were in the 70s, but this is still, this. these were the beginnings. And then the big breakthrough, you probably knew where this was going. Sure. The big breakthrough in the treatment of erectile dysfunction came in 1998 fastest selling drug in history viagra nice so welcome to the show viagra yeah coming up on that 20th birthday viagra which was initially being investigated for like its properties um as it related to like um things like pulmonary hypertension and fixing other like other problems like Mm -hmm. that like cardiopulmonary type problems um and then was also found to work or erectile dysfunction. I wish I had been there when the, in the lab <laughs> test when that discovery was made. Um, excuse me? Sorry? Can I get some... Hi, I'm in booth three. Can I get some attention over here, please? Yeah, uh, me over in booth seven. Uh, I need some help over here as well. Uh, yeah, I think we all... Yeah, uh, actually, we all... It's, you know what's kind of funny is that it's crazy how many drugs we have discovered accidentally that they also do other things mm, but that's that also like sense, of course yeah we're investigating this for blood pressure and then also like oh it makes you grow a lot of hair um in 2003 cialis and levitra were introduced as well all these meds work similarly they kind of relax the muscles in the penis to allow an increase of blood flow into the penis and then it can become engorged and erect does it make it erect yeah it makes it erect not instantly but it makes it erect versus like Normally, typically, the penis does not become erect without some reason, and uh, unless so, it's the morning. So, well, it depends. Okay, so Viag- Viagra is something you take before, like, like you take episodically. Like you're gonna take it when you need it. Okay. So, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get it on tonight. I'm gonna take a Viagra ahead of time so that you know it'll work when it needs to. Um, this generally, is my question. does it work right away or does it work when it needs to? No, it doesn't work right away. Okay. Yeah. No, it works as you become aroused and okay, stimulated. Okay, thank you. That yeah. was my question. It, they can, now they can cause erections anyway. Don't get it twisted. That's where, that's why they tell you if you have an erection lasting longer than, right. you know, four hours, go to an emergency room. I mean, they can, it can just cause an erection too. Um, but then, because, but it, there's also the arousal part, because when you look at medicines like Cialis that you can take daily, just and, and you're not going to walk around with an erection all day when you take Cialis. It's so that whenever you can be spontaneous, Does that makes sense. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah. Um, 
But as you already, as we already talked about, they do have side effects in that sometimes you can get an erection that won't go away, which is not great. You do need to go to the, actually, that's not, that's not a joke. Like, do go to the ER if that yeah, happens. But, yeah, don't mess yeah. around. Um, and again, there are also, there are other treatments. There are injections that go straight into the penis and suppositories as well. Um, sometimes it is related to testosterone deficiency. Mm-hmm. We really should do an episode on that sometime because testosterone deficiency is blamed for all number of ills that are probably low. Yes. Low T. God help us. Why those commercials? I'm not saying it's not a problem. It's just not as big a problem as they want you to believe it is. But uh, testosterone replacement in some cases is absolutely necessary and sometimes can help with erectile dysfunction. Not always, but in sometimes can be helpful if that is the problem. Um, If your testosterone isn't low, it won't be. So, you know, don't go buy illegal testosterone. Um, There are still penis pumps and tension rings, you know, that go with the pump after you've used the pump. Uh, Penile implants we already talked about. And then sometimes it has to do with other chronic medical conditions. And we can do things through like lifestyle changes, diet and exercise or proper medication management or weight loss or whatever. Sometimes those different things Depending on the cause, I'm not saying generally speaking, like eat healthy and your erectile dysfunction will go away. But if there is, if it is related to, you know, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, something like that, sometimes, you know, medical management and lifestyle changes can also help. So, all right. The important thing is, though, it has nothing to do with some concept of how virile a person Mm -hmm. is. So if you're having this problem, go see a doctor. There are often many things we can do. Penis doesn't make you a man, so by extension, a working, a, a, a super powerful, uh, all, always ready penis is, it does not make you a man either. So Absolutely not. And I promise you today, none of the uh, treatments, none of the cures, none of the diagnoses, nothing that we recommend will have anything to do with baby crocodiles. Probably not <laughs> definitely not five percent chance <laughs> no nope, not at all uh yeah. folks that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for listening to our uh podcast thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song medicines this is the intro and outro of our program um hey uh i'm working i got a couple of other like little things i want to mention real quick uh i'm working on a um a graphic novel with my brothers uh it's based on our podcast the adventure zone and we just put up um uh pre-orders for that book this week so if you uh, have wanted to listen to that show before and this is a recap of like the first arc so it's a great place to pick it up and if you're already a listener um then you will like it as well so if you go to the adventurezonecomic.com you can pre-order that right now from amazon and barnes and noble comes out in july 17th 2018 also um we're gonna be going on tour this fall and doing some shows um someone's will definitely be on some of those shows but we're not exactly sure which ones yet yeah we'll try to give you some heads up when we know yeah but if you want to get tickets to those uh you can go to mcelroyshows.com slash tours uh we're coming to brooklyn atlanta nashville chicago minneapolis milwaukee so come on out to those shows and uh more than that more than that dc boston well those are sold out oh but we are Sorry. also coming to those areas as well. So if you okay. live in those areas, we'll, we will see you there if you bought tickets <laughs> earlier. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's going to do it for us, folks. Um, so uh, until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. A lot of times my instincts are are wrong. They're mostly wrong, but they're not wrong in the sense that like I misread somebody. They're just extremely limited to my, you know, to my idea of who they are. That was Mark Marin. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm the host of NPR's Bullseye. I'm so excited to tell you about my new show, The Turnaround. Join me as I sit down with some of the best interviewers in the world to ask them about how and why they do what they do. We'll go deep. Some of the biggest names in media, everybody from Terry Gross to Jerry Springer to Combat Jack. That's all on The Turnaround, two episodes a week this summer. Subscribe now, tell a friend.